I'm Dr. Janelle Anderson, former college professor turned manager in a large corporation turned entrepreneur. And not just any entrepreneur. I've made it my life's work to make organizational life more effective and fulfilling. So welcome to Working Conversations, the podcast where we digest and translate research and ideas on workplace dynamics and serve up to you the most interesting and actionable strategies to make your workplace conversations and your relationships more effective, productive, and influential. If you're looking for proven tools for your workplace toolbox, you're in the right place. Now, let's get after it. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Working Conversations podcast, where we talk all things leadership, business communication, and trends in organizational life. I'm your host, Dr. Janelle Anderson. Today on the podcast, we're talking about networking and why making those professional or personal connections can be so much harder in the virtual and hybrid world. And as we go through our time together today, I'm going to be giving some tips on how to network better in this virtual and hybrid world and some reasons why you really do need to grow your network, even if you don't think you do. But first, let's just back up a minute. Not everybody likes to network. In fact, some people think it's kind of disgusting to network. In fact, In 2014, so this is eight years ago, Cornell University published a study on networking. And one of the quotes from the study says this, quote, unlike personal networking in pursuit of friendship or emotional support or social ties that emerge spontaneously, networking in pursuit of professional goals can make an individual feel dirty, end quote. So their study noted that people didn't like to network. It felt like asking for special favors. But I don't want you to think of networking as asking for special favors. I want you to think about networking like paying it forward, making logical links where there's one person you know who needs to know somebody else and the other person you know who knows just exactly what they need to know, and then making an introduction. And in fact, when you network like that, When you think about logically plugging people together who should be introduced to one another, then it's not about you at all. And there's no reason to feel dirty or gross or anything else that's negative about that. In fact, in networking this way, you're essentially a contribution to others. And ultimately, you might need to ask of your network something for, let's say, an introduction or a resource yourself. If you have already introduced, made those connections, and maximized other people getting something out of you, then it's going to be so much easier of an ask, and people are going to feel indebted to you for having helped them. So they're going to be happy to help you back. Now, in the age of so much work from home and work from anywhere, and even those who are working in their traditional workplace co-located, they're just aren't as many people there because there are so many people working from home and working from anywhere. And in the book, The Nowhere Office, it's noted that people are out of practice. Their latent shyness is getting more pronounced. So that's Julia Hobswam in The Nowhere Office. People are out of practice. Their latent shyness is getting more pronounced. So even if you have a bit of shyness in you, as I do, 
or a bit of introversion in you, as I do, it can be really easy to just stay behind the screen with your camera off and not reach out to grow your network. But today, we're going to talk about why it is so important to grow your network. We're going to look first at the business case for your network, like why you need a strong network. And then we're going to take a a dive into some research that was done way back in the 1970s that's going to really help us understand who are the most useful people in our network. And then we'll end with some very specific and pragmatic tips about how and where to network. So let's start with the business case for a strong network. Now, if you're somebody who's retired and maybe you feel you don't have a business case for a strong network, we can just insert your personal life or your civic engagement as being your business case for a strong network. You have reasons to have a strong network as well. So let's dive into the business case. First, when you have a strong network, you have more opportunity to identify career opportunities. You have more people laying their eyes on job descriptions and job postings, and even just hearing through their own networks about opportunities that they might then send your way. So you can identify career opportunities through your network. They will just bring them to you when they sound like a good fit. Secondly, if you are somebody who cares about who's on your team at work or in life, having a strong network will help you build a successful team. And it doesn't even need to be the case that you are the hiring manager in order to build a successful team. How we help build successful teams when we are not the hiring manager is we see a job description. Maybe it's even for a colleague, you know, an open position in our own organization, and we send it to a friend or we send it to somebody that we used to work with at a different job because we think it would be great to work with them again. So even if you're not the hiring manager, By having a strong network and building a strong network, you can build a successful team and contribute to the team that you're on by making strong recommendations. A third thing that having a strong network will do for you is it will help you anticipate organizational changes. The more people you know across your organization and across your industry, the more likely it is that you're going to see change coming before it is actually announced. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to get insider information or underground information. It just means that when you are well-connected, you see the organization, the industry, and all the rest from a lot of different vantage points. And so you will be able to spot those changes earlier when they are headed your way. And fourth, and somewhat relatedly, when you have a strong network, you're able to stay on top of industry trends because Invariably, somebody who is in your network is going to see a news article or read something in a magazine or hear something on the radio or on a podcast that they think is something that you would want to know about. In fact, some of my listeners of the Working Conversations podcast, I know you have shared episodes with other people to help other people stay on top of industry trends because it was something that was talked about here on the podcast that you shared with somebody else. And in fact, that's a great reminder from me to you, that when you think of somebody else in uh, your listening of this podcast, oh, so-and-so would really appreciate this, or so-and-so needs to know that, just send it to them. Just share it with them. Because that way they get to stay on top of industry trends and you are contributing to them. And it's much more likely that they're going to contribute back to you again someday. Now, I want to talk about the importance of weak ties. 
because it's not the people that you know best who are the best people in your network. It's a little bit of a paradox. The people that you know the least, but who are still part of your network, can often move you closer to your goals than the people that you know best. So let's unpack that for a moment. When we have strong ties, say for example, close friends, family members, and so forth, they tend to operate in the same spheres we do. On the other hand, the people whom they know that we don't know are excellent resources. So people that you don't know well might be just the key that you need to get the perfect introduction that you're looking for, or learn something new or master a new skill. And this could be anything from career-related things like learning new skills in your career, finding a mentor, or they could be things in your personal life, like finding somebody to remodel your bathroom. So the people that you don't know well, very well may be the key to getting the job done. And finally, the people that are most important to you personally Again, because they are a close, a close friend, a close family member, they may not have the resources that you need. They may be the least useful to you in your network and the people who are the furthest from you in terms of having close personal relationships may absolutely be the most important people in your network, <laughs> the linchpins, if you will. And again, I will note that this is a paradox that oftentimes it is the weak ties that will move you closer to your goals than the strong ties. So let's take a look at that. And we can think about, say, for example, on LinkedIn, you've got your first degree connections, your second degree connections, and so on. Well, your first degree connections see, well, depending on that LinkedIn algorithm, and it changes from time to time, but many of your first degree connections are going to see when you change jobs or post something on LinkedIn. When they share that, then your second degree connections will see it too, because the people that your first degree connections are connected to would be your second degree connections. And that's where the magic of your network comes in, those second degree connections and maybe even the third degree connections, because they know people and things that you don't. And so that's where the valuable introductions come. And maybe it's even an introduction that you've already had but that isn't um, an introduction or a, a person that you reach out to regularly because you don't know them well. Now, this idea of weak ties comes to us from the sociologist Mark Granovetter. Way back in 1974, he was examining this and looking at the linkages, first degree connections, second degree connections, third degree connections, and so on, to determine which connections were most useful in landing a new job. In fact, his classic book in 1974, where he exposes and shares all this research, is called Getting a Job. And in that book, Granovetter details through his research how much more strategic the connections are who are not your first degree connections, the ones who are your second degree connections or your third degree connections. Now, it's also important to note that you can get too far away, too many steps removed. When you get more like five degrees separated or six degrees separated, then the person on whose behalf you're trying to find an answer or uh, make an introduction is so far away that we lose touch with the personal connection. So the best 
connections in your network are going to be those who are your second degree connections or your third degree connections. But when you get to four and five and six, it's just really not useful anymore because there isn't a strength of a relationship that traces all the way back to you without too many skips of other people in between. This episode is made possible by Instacart. If you haven't already started using Instacart, now is the time, my friend. Now, I'm the first one to say that I actually enjoy a trip to the grocery store. I really do. But you know what I like doing even better? Making this podcast. When I was deep in the development of this podcast, outlining and recording the first few episodes, my kids reminded me that they needed to eat. Instacart to the rescue. In absolutely record time, Magnolia, my Instacart shopper that day, delivered chicken nuggets, milk, avocados, fresh berries, and a host of other groceries we needed. When life gets busy, or when you just want to feel like royalty and have someone do it for you, there's Instacart. Get $10 off your first order when you sign up at workingconversations.com forward slash Instacart. Now, back to the show. So as you think about networking, as you think about growing and expanding your network, I want you to think about paying it forward. Think about making those logical connections when the opportunity to do so shows up. Think about asking others how you can help. Now, I also want to bring in a piece of advice around that a younger person asked me recently. And this younger person in his early 20s said, now that I'm out of college and I have a professional job, how do I grow my network and how do I stay connected to the people that I used to be connected with when I was in college? Because it's so hard. We've scattered all across the country. How do I keep my current network strong? So let's talk about that for a moment too, because I think that's really critical. So the advice that I gave this younger person, young person in his 20s, was this, when you see something that makes you think of someone, reach out to them. Don't have some complicated, convoluted schedule where you're going to reach out to everybody in your network once a quarter and send them an article. No, 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 no. Just when you see something, say something. This person followed up with me that not too long after our conversation, he was unfortunately at a funeral. And in the basement of the church, after the service, he saw a sign on the wall that uh, it was actually a decorative piece of art that brought together Christianity and coffee, if you will. And he has a friend from college, somebody that he wants to stay strong in his network, that would have loved that. And so he told me what he did was he took a picture of it and texted it to her. And she just loved it. So that's how to keep your connections strong. Now, there might be some strategic reasons where you do reach out on a more regular basis to somebody once in a while to keep a connection strong. Say maybe it's somebody that you worked with at a past job and maybe nothing has occurred to you or come across your radar that would suggest that you reach out to them. Maybe you didn't see that clever sign in a church basement and yet you think of them. That's a great time to send them an email or a text or pick up the phone or drop them a note on LinkedIn and say, hey, I was just thinking about you today. How are you? So that will keep your your connections strong as well in terms of preserving your existing network as you grow your network. So let's also talk about how do we do this networking thing? Granted, 
It's no longer something that feels dirty. It is something instead that is a contribution where we are connecting people, making logical connections, as well as paying it forward so that when it's our turn and when we need something, others are there for us. First of all, you need to be visible. Now, I've talked about visibility on the podcast already. I've talked about how to be visible online, and I've talked about how to be visible on-premises on those days that you are working from the office or for those of you who work from the office all the time. So just as a quick recap, but then I'll also drop in the show notes the link to the episode where you can learn more about visibility. But when you're online, have your camera on, have a professional or a blurred background so that people aren't distracted by what's in your background if you're nervous or uncertain about whatever it is in your background, and then be well lit. Have good lighting so that your face shows up and your facial features are easy to read because you'll make so much stronger connection when you have that visible component, if the visible component is available to you. Obviously, if you're on the phone or if you're sight impaired, that's just not going to be the case. But when you are online in those Zoom meetings and Teams meetings and WebEx meetings and the like, make sure you're well lit, your camera is on, and your background isn't embarrassing or distracting. Now, when you're in the office on those days, you're going to want to make sure you have visibility as well. So on those days, get up and walk around. Be seen by others and see others. Introduce yourself to other people, especially because so many new people may have joined your organization over these last couple of years while people have been working from home and working from anywhere. So introduce yourself. It's a great way to meet people. And then third, be approachable. Don't have your earbuds in all the time with a scowl on your face or your face buried in your laptop. Be approachable so that people can come up to you and introduce themselves and that they can be the ones to start the conversation. So those are a few tips on visibility when you're on premises. And there's more in a whole separate podcast specifically about that topic. But let's talk about where do you find people to network with? Obviously, you've got the people on your intact team or your project teams. Then also think more broadly about it. There are people in your neighborhood. And if we're looking specifically at your workplace, there are a handful of places you can look there too. And let me just give you um, five. There are employee resource groups in many large organizations where you can connect with other people who have similar cares, concerns, and interests in certain topics. So look to see if you have any employee resource groups in your organization. And A second area to look would be communities of practice in your organization. So maybe you're a project manager. You're going to look to see, is there a group of project managers who are maybe from all different areas of the business who meet once in a while to share best practices and, well, network? Find out if there are such groups. And if there aren't such groups, either employee resource groups or communities of practice that you would want to join, well, then go ahead and create your own. A third place to network would be Toastmasters. Now, if you're not familiar with Toastmasters, it's an international public speaking club. There are chapters of Toastmasters all around the world. And in Toastmasters, of course, you're practicing public speaking skills, but you also get to meet a whole bunch of new people that you've never met before in a supportive professional environment. So that's another great way to grow your network. A fourth way to grow your network is using digital platforms like LinkedIn or even Facebook. Both of those platforms have specific groups that you can join where the conversation is focused around a particular topic. 
And when you get deeper into some of those groups, you can have some really informative conversations and make some lasting connections that can help you in your career or in your personal life. And then finally, when you are on premises in your organization, and I mentioned this when I talked about being visible when you are in the office, but when you are on premises, co-located in the office, that is a great time to be reaching out to people and connecting and making sure that you are known in your organization. And then of course, you're going to have these network connections to draw on when you or somebody else in your network needs something that they might know the answer to or have a resource for. Now, a few final tips before we leave this whole topic of networking. If you find, like so many people have, that the pandemic has really shrunk your network because maybe people have moved on to other jobs and all you had was their workplace email or their workplace phone number, and maybe you can track them down in LinkedIn, maybe not. But most people are reporting that their professional networks have shrunk over these past couple of years. So maybe you want to set some goals for yourself so that you hold yourself accountable to grow your network. So that's one thing you could do. A second thing you could do is have some short introductory meetings with people. Discover the power in a short meeting where you introduce yourself to another person and they introduce themselves to you and you just get to know each other a little bit, sort of like coffee talk. And you could do this in a face-to-face environment or a virtual environment. Don't underestimate the power of a 15-minute meeting. Thirdly, be authentic. Use curiosity and empathy and embrace differences. Because not everybody in your network is going to be just like you. Not everybody in your network is going to like the same things you do or have the same values you do. And that's okay because it takes all kinds of people to make the world go round not just you. It takes all kinds. And then my final tip for you is when you make a network connection and you have a resource for them, follow up. Deliver on any promises that you made when you were networking with somebody because that will mean the world to them as they then see you as a reliable person in their network, a person who is worth their word a person who follows up and does what they said they're going to do. And that way, if you promise the name of a piano teacher or somebody to remodel their bathroom or to take a look at their diseased tree in their backyard, when you follow up and do what you said you were going to do, again, it's going to mean the world to them. And it's going to have you showing up as a reliable person in their network, such that when the day comes, when you might need something from them, they're going to be ready and willing to help you. So there you have it, my friends, networking in the virtual and hybrid workplace. It is a bit of a different animal and I wish you all the best. And again, if you thought of somebody as a result of something that I shared in this podcast and you're thinking, oh, I should connect with so-and-so, by all means, reach out and connect with them and share this episode of the podcast because chances are there are people in their network who would love to hear from them as well. And maybe when they hear this podcast, it will be just the nudge that they need to reach out to somebody in their own network. So happy networking, my favorite peoples. Go grow your networks and be well. I'll catch you next time. 
Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you're hearing on the podcast, head on over to Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts and give us five stars and a quick review. It really makes a difference and it keeps us bringing you valuable content that you can put into play in your life. I'm Dr. Janelle Anderson, and this is Working Conversations.